Hello, how are you? I hope you're having a fantastic day. I know that I am here um, having a lovely day. So I'm just wishing you the, the you know, all the best things in life. Um, but I hope you're surviving the holiday season. Uh, it's the 23rd. You know, it's definitely like Krampus season around here. And um, we, this, today's topic I think is really timely because um, when it comes to, you know, holiday prep and, um, you know, figuring out how much stuff to make because you don't want to have too much shit, but you don't want to have enough shit. Um, it it's, can be a very difficult um, kind of area to navigate. And that's kind of, yeah, that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Um, so we're going to, you know, walk through some of the things that we think about when it comes to um, how much or how many things that we make, um, especially during this time of the year, because Christmas or holiday, whatever holiday you're you're festooning, um, if it's out of your normal production season, it can be quite expensive, um, and that's that was one of the, the main things that really held me back for a very long time um, from really embracing the the winter holiday season was the amount of cost that went into it because it is a very expensive um, time of year to be purchasing things in or you know prepping things um, because it, it's pricey um, to to buy stuff in. So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, how to know what to make and uh, manage inventory and things like that. Um, my name is Drew, so thank you for being here, uh, you know, keeping it very timely uh, with the introductions. Um, this is the Between Me and Drew podcast, and uh, I'm glad that you're here. So a little preface may, might be uh, uh, in, in, in store, um, but I have the honor of owning and operating and working at um, Clara Joyce Flowers, which is our specialty cut flower and foliage farm located in northwestern Illinois. Um, if you're thinking of Midwest as flat, mama, you're wrong. Uh, we are <laughs> where our county um, is uh, Joe Davis County, and uh, we were not hit by the glaciers. So we're very hilly. So Christmas and holiday season is delightful here. Um, it's very, very beautiful when we do have snow of which we have not had this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's just a very small little, like, this is, this is who we are. Um, but when we talk about, um, kind of what we do for winter prep or winter production, um, you should probably just go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, cause that's where we talk about all like the, the good juicy ideas. So of the, the things that we do, the things that we make, etc. So this week, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're talking about clientele, inventory, and volume. So let's get started. Um, so when it comes to asking yourself the question of how much stuff, or I, I ask our crew, how much shit should we make? Um, sometimes it, I feel like an like a box of rocks when it comes to that question because no one really knows the answer, okay? Um, but there are things that we can do to kind of help navigate this question of how many pounds of evergreens do I pre-order in June or how many bulbs, amaryllis bulbs and paper white bulbs do I reserve in July? Um, so 
this this is a very difficult thing to navigate, especially if you're new to the industry. But there are a few things that we can you know rely on. Um, and the first thing is knowing our clientele base. How loyal is your clientele base? How how old are they? How young are they? What's their income status? What kind of car are they driving? Do they have a large social social circle? Do they have children who have teachers? These are all little things that can factor into how much or how many things you can sell, which is also going to reflect and tie into what price point you should be catering towards when it comes to um, an accessory or non-essential uh, item in in uh, your your potential client or your future client's world or perspective. Um so that's kind of number one. Know your volume of people. That's the other thing too. You know, wh- what what kind of, you know, numbers based off of people, what kind of people numbers are you working with? Are you next to a town or in a town that has, you know, 1,800 people like us and we're fairly rural? Like in order for us to get to a town with 12,000, um, we have to go like 30 minutes. Um, so we're not necessarily close to a city or, you know, are you the, are you the, the flip coin of that? Are you, um, you know, in a huge metropolitan area like Chicago or Milwaukee or Madison where there's, you know, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, um, where you have that foot traffic, you have those establishments to play off of, um, because all of those things can, can really come into play. Um, because if you do have those avenues and those people, um, it's really, really easy to do pop-ups or, you know, uh, vendor spotlight showcases at little crafty stores or um, cafes or breweries. Breweries love hosting stuff for the, hol- for the holidays. Um, wreath workshops, centerpieces, etc. It gets people in. You can do it on a weeknight when it might not be super busy. You can use a banquet space that they might have, and it's it's just a really win-win situation for a lot of people. So know your volume of people, what you've got to work with as far as um, population, population density. Um, and the other thing, too, is to smart, start small and to scale up. Um, when we were just getting started with Christmas a few years ago, um, and I, I want this to be very well known. I've not been doing Christmas forever and ever and ever, okay? Um, We've only been doing Christmas for a few years here, um, but this is some of the things that we've learned. Um, Start small and scale up. Just because what I said earlier about how the holiday season can be quite expensive to to prepare for, um, it would be, it will be, not would, it is, trust me, it is so much easier to learn from falling short, very short in volume, rather than having to stomach losing thousands of dollars in unsold inventory. Okay, perfect example, uh, amaryllis bulbs. So amaryllis bulbs are kind of expensive. Uh, they're usually around 4 to $7 each, uh, kind of depending on you know variety, size, where they're coming from, if they're Southern Hemisphere or if they're Dutch. Um, all of those things do factor into the price. Um, and instead of, you know, purchasing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them because you think that you'll sell them, um, maybe not do that the first year. Maybe just purchase like 40 
and you know make some really nice planters uh get them forced so that they're going to be you know blooming around the holiday season or after christmas i think is um sometimes a little bit better just because uh we as as people and, and purchasers can have a little bit more time and bandwidth to enjoy them um rather than you know throwing it into the insanity of the uh, christmas season um so starting small is not a bad thing at all uh, because if you do sell out, then you know that you can either A, source more for that next year, or just take it as a learning opportunity and go a little bit bigger for next year. Um, maintaining good inventory levels of perishable items and, and, and things that we're producing um, can be a process that takes years, years to navigate. Um, and build up to as well. That's another you know key thing to keep in mind or to remember um, is that you know just because you you might have this like bang and following and you've got you know five thousand Facebook followers who are like local, they love what you're doing, they want to support you, um, and you're doing everything that you can. But you might only be able to sell to two hundred of them, which is huge. That's fantastic. Um, but in order for you to serve a thousand or two thousand of that five thousand, um, it's going to take you some time to figure out the the infrastructure and the the processes and the ordering and the websites and the money tendering and and all of those things that go into the business and into you know making those sales um, that takes time and there's no way around that even though even though you listen to this podcast episodes every week and you learn all about uh, websites and the ins and outs and sourcing and all the fun stuff, you you still don't have the hands-on experience if this is your first go-around. If this is your first time around the block, sweetie, take your time, okay? There is no reason that you need to be doing everything at once just because jackass down the road, i.e. me, is doing it. Okay, it's taken us years to be able to take on Christmas. And that was one of the things that kept me from doing it is because we were freaking exhausted um, by the time we got to the end of October. And I was like, F this. There's no chance in hell that I'm taking on Christmas. But we were able to build our staff and to build our infrastructure and to build the resources and the things and the people in order to take this on. Okay, so don't feel like you have to do it right from the get go. One of the big things that does make um, kind of inventory prep for this season easier or more conducive is utilizing websites as like your primary sales channel. Um, because if you can use a website, your website is going to remember what you sold and when it was sold forever, forever and ever. So if you are planning on doing, you know, Christmas or holiday or, or Thanksgiving pre-sales or Mother's Day pre-sales or whatever the case is, because this is, this is applicable to everything, um, you will be able to reference those sales numbers for years to come. So I could, in 2030, as long as I'm still paying for my website, I'll be able to look back into our records for 2022 and see that we sold, you know, 15 of this style wreath or whatever the case is. And then compare it to, you know, the previous year and notice that we had 
20% growth or whatever uh, based on that sale of that style. So we can use that inventory or those numbers to kind of point us in the direction of, oh, we need to be making, you know, 60. We need to be making 100 of this style of wreath so that we have enough for, you know, pre-sales and we have this and we have this and we have this. Um, so that's that's huge. Uh, keeping track of those those records and those numbers is very, very important, and it can be a challenge. I know it's very hard for me because we have so much going on, and I'm not the world's most organized person on paper. I can keep track of a lot of shit in my head, but if there is a system or a process that we can use to streamline that organization, it is so, so worth it so worth it because it's less that I have to really stay on top of at all times. Um, markets can be difficult um, to to keep track of exactly what is sold unless you're really great at record keeping. Um, and this is, you know, another kind of fault of ours, of mine, i.e. me, um, when it comes to keeping track of records and, and with markets in particular. Because it's when you're selling through a market, you're oftentimes not running those sales through your um, website. Website, if you are, fantastic, fantastic to you. Um, but if you're not and you're not doing that, then you really need to be keeping track of you know what you're taking to those markets for inventory, what you're bringing back, or if you have the time to do this while you're making those sales, just have a little tally sheet going on of oh, we sold you know in this order, we sold one classic pine cone full wreath, we sold one of this, we sold one of this. Just do a little check da 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 um, on each item. So then at the end of the market, whether it's you or an employee or a family member or whatever the case is that's working for you, you will be able to know, okay, so-and-so sold XYZ components or, or uh, pieces. Fantastic. Um, so then you can use that information to have an idea of what to expect, hopefully, for that market next year. And I say hopefully because if something doesn't work out one year, okay, use it as a learning opportunity. If something doesn't work out a second year, uh, keep it keep it like in mind. Um, we kind of have a three-year rule when it comes to markets or um, holiday pop-ups or whatever. So like if by the third year that it, like if, if we're not making money or the market isn't working out, um, we, we usually won't go back. Um, and, uh, it, that can be difficult. It can be challenging because you might love the organizers. You might love the people, but if it's not profitable and at the end of the day, you could have been making more sales elsewhere or moving more product elsewhere, then it might not be the best use of your time. Um, and we also have that rule for like regular season farmers markets as well. Um, and that's kind of why we don't do markets anymore is because they just weren't, they weren't working out actually. Uh, they weren't pulling their weight for the amount of inputs that were going into uh, prepping for all that stuff. Um, and you kind of just have to like, you know, hunker down and, and sink, sink into, you know, what you need out of it. Um, and if that's, if those needs are not being met, then baby, you, you gotta go, you gotta go. Um, and that's okay. 
There is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to make those decisions for yourself because no one else is going to make them for you. So we've gotten off track. Imagine that. Um, anyways, <laughs> to get this horse uh, back on the trail, um, in time, one of the very fun things um, that you'll be able to do is to uh, visualize um, who specifically you see purchasing your specific items, okay? Um, and you'll be able to do this if if you have spent some time kind of navigating your uh, retail purchaser and you spent some time with them. Um, I know that uh, let's just let's just do this. For example, <laughs> Alicia, uh, who happens to be a regular of ours, uh, and that's not her real name. Surprise. Um, she would buy an amaryllis planter from us for $45, um, but she's probably not going to spend $60 for a wreath. And here's why. Here's, here's her, 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 her backstory. She's a younger client. She works really hard for her money, um, and she wants to experience all that she can, can for the money that she's spending rather than just something that she's only going to see twice a day when she comes and goes from her house. Um, she's going to want to, you know, purchase something, um, that is going to give her days and weeks of enjoyment while she's inside of her home. It's cold as shit here in Northwestern Illinois. Okay. You know, if, unless you are really loving the, the outdoor climate right now, you're not spending any more time outside than you have to. Um, so something like an amaryllis planter, um, or a beautiful centerpiece would be, you know, the perfect, uh, uh, item or sale that Alicia would go for because she's going to be able to have it inside of her home. She's going to be able to experience it for a very long time. Um, and, uh, she, she, that's, that's her gig. That's what, that's what she's going to want. Um, and I can point out like about 15 other people who are just like her, who are, regulars who would do this exact same purchase for that reason now the other flip is we also have a lot of people who would love to purchase that wreath because they want they and they have the money they have the money to be able to you know purchase a 60 dollars wreath and to purchase you know 25 dollars hanging baskets um that have you know evergreens and a red bow on it because they want the outside of their home to look nice alicia she don't live in a home she lives in an apartment uh she lives in an apartment building so decking the outside of that sucker is not the top of her priority list but barbara she's gonna absolutely dig that 70 dollar porch pot because she has the home she has the money um and she wants to make that look nice so in time, you will be able to kind of navigate that um, based off of your own uh, clientele, the things that you've learned, the people that you've met, etc. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today. Um, but just to recap, here's kind of the things that we talked about. Um, figuring out what to make for inventory and volume is going to be tough. Really, there's no one that can answer that for you other than you. And you're going to be able to answer that off of experience. Um, so you need to pay attention to your clientele, you know, look at them, see wh where they're coming from. What is their potential income? What vehicles are they driving? Do they have children? Do those children have teachers, etc.? 
all of those things can factor into who your clientele is. Know the volume of people that you have to work with, your population base. Um, what's your following like? Earlier, I did mention that you might have a tremendous Facebook following. Um, and that's that's fantastic because we've learned that Facebook is really, really great for cultivating and building a local following. And oftentimes those are the people who are going to show up at an open house and they're going to show up at you know a farmer's market or whatever the case is. Whereas Instagram in our area, that might not be the case. Um, not everybody has Instagram out here. Um, so we rely on Facebook for our local following and we rely on Instagram for our nationwide and global following, uh, because we do ship product nationwide. Um, so we want to be able to reach those customers as well. And that's where Instagram comes into play. The next thing that we talked on or touched on was to start small and to scale up. And the reason that we, I think that's a really smart idea or a good idea, um, is because if you do fall short, which falling short is not a bad thing. I was actually thinking about this the other day when I was in the propagation house. You know, there's nothing wrong with failing and fucking up. Like, failing is not the end of the day. If something doesn't go right, that's fine. The only thing that you can do in that situation is to A, make it right, and there's two things actually. Make it right is the best you can, and B, learn from it. Pick yourself up, dust your knees off, baby, and keep on trucking. Um, because if you do fall short and you do have excess product left over after the holiday season, get crafty, put those amaryllis bulbs into your cooler, keep them cold, and then bring those suckers out and force them for Valentine's day. Do a late winter bulb workshop for indoor gardeners. Do, you know, start forcing them and grow them as cuts for Valentine's day. It could be a luxury cut for a mixed bouquet. Um, you can still repurpose a lot of this product, um, even if it is not sold. Okay. Um, so, so keeping, uh, keeping your head up, even if you do fall is always very, very important. Um, maintaining good inventory volumes can be very tricky. Um, but we've, we've learned over the years to utilize websites and online sales channels. that will automatically keep track of all that stuff for you. Um, it's a huge, huge benefit. That's going to make everything easier for all of us involved. Um, and then the last thing that we touched on, uh, one of the last things was that markets can be a little difficult unless you're really good at record keeping when it comes to uh, volume of product. And then finally, uh, we took a deep dive into Alicia's life <laughs> and, and we talked about how in time you will be able to visualize the customer who is going to purchase specific items that you're producing um, and how you can kind of use that um demographic that ideal demographic of your customer um to figure out you know okay if alicia and and uh becky and blah 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 blah, blah are all gonna purchase this i should probably you know make that plus some and you'll be able to figure out how much some more is based off of your demographic and your following and your population and all that fun stuff so there's no magical answer in this episode of how much or how many things you should make. And I think that's another really important thing to keep in mind is that even though every week in these podcast episodes, I'm sharing information and all the fun things, I'm A, not there doing it for you. And B, I, this is not a magical key to open the door for you. 
This is not the Windex that's going to wipe the mud off of your glasses to, to give you the answer. No, that's a bunch of BS, okay? I'm here to share things that we've learned to help make the process easier for you to do, okay? You have to do it. I am not doing it for you. I am not there to hold your hand. I am not there to wipe your ass. I, I am here to help you along, okay? But you got to do it, girl. You got to do it. However, if you have questions, please do let me know. Thank you for being here. Go ahead and follow us on social media. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram under Clara Joyce Flowers. If you have questions, let me know. You can send me an email to drew at clarajoyceflowers.com. On our website, clarajoyceflowers.com, we've got merch, plants, tubers, and so much more available. Uh, the merch we can ship to you immediately. Um, and then the rooted cuttings and tubers will get out to you in the spring. And then depending on your streaming platform, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. And you'll be notified when new episodes are ready, which is every Friday, usually in the morning. Woo! So exciting. Okay. Next week, we're talking about storing flowers in coolers and cold space because, believe it or not, we're still storing stuff. Um, so storage is very very important this is not going to be a super deep dive into post harvest because that's going to be its own episode uh, but we're going to talk about coolers and units and different things um, next week and then this has been greatly greatly anticipated um, but the first two episodes of 2023 can you believe it's 2023 already holy shit um, we are talking about heirloom chrysanthemums it is a two-week podcast episode extravaganza and we're going to be talking about mums and the divas that they are so i hope you're ready for those so you've just gotten a, a, a preview of the next three weeks so we're talking about storage we're talking about mums and we're talking about more mums so i will see you then have a great day have a great week don't die don't do anything too crazy and um i'll see you then bye mm -hmm.